like my 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 abuelita uh she was born in waco texas mm -hmm. right uh in the 1920s wow. right american citizen yeah. uh my great-grandfather worked the the train like laid track and so they actually lived on the train car for a while I didn't know until actually until I'm like my 30s, you know, late 30s, actually. You know, my my family was part of the repatriation of Mexican and Mexican-Americans back to Mexico. Mm -hmm. 1.2 million Mexican and Mexican-Americans got sent to Mexico, right? Most of them American citizens. And like that was my family. And I didn't learn that in school. Like, you know, I remember the Depression. They taught us the Dust Bowl. They taught us about the Okies coming. Yeah. They didn't teach us about brown people. And and not till I got to UCLA did I start taking classes where I was I was in the stories. You know, there there were there were certain things that happened at UCLA. Um, you know, the the banning of affirmative action through Prop 209. Uh, and so I was part of a lot of activism there. I was I was a part of Mecha. You know, kind of found my voice there. So I, I thought I was going to go to law school. But after graduation, I, I had this thing of well, I wanted to teach. I had this thing for coaching. And so I was like, well, let me teach and coach for, for like a year or two. And then I'll go to law school. Yeah. You know, once coaching kind of grabbed me, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with this. And, you know, when, when I teach. Right. And I teach like, you know, repatriation, depatriation or the history of the indigenous boarding schools or, or just these things that aren't aren't taught. Or like like today we looked at the 92 LA uprisings. Right. Which, you know, doesn't normally come up. Well, why not? Right. This was a historic moment. The 92 uprisings. Right. When when our you know, my students just witnessed the whole George Floyd and, and the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement. And, you know, but they don't know 92. Yeah. Right. They they had no idea who Rodney King was. Right. They had no idea who Latasha Harlins was. Right. They had no idea about, you know, Chief Daryl Gates and, you know, that, you know, when I teach, you know, some of the history of the LAPD and it's that history that impacts us. You talk about local city politics is what impacts you like when you're driving to work and your car gets damaged because you ran that pothole like that's not joe biden that's brian city council member brian tabatabai right yeah. that's city manager david carmony uh of west covina who made a decision that your street didn't get resurfaced yeah right and that impacts you when are you gonna start talking again talking again talking again <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Fidel of Talking Again Podcast. We are here on another edition of the show. And my guest this week is none other than Brian Tabatabai. Oh, man. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't done anything like this before. So, yeah. you know, uh, I'm excited. A little nervous. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> the one that's nervous, man. I was like... <laughs> Is he gonna when I when I asked, I was like, is he gonna say yes? Is he gonna say no? I don't do that. I don't, you know, that's not my thing. Oh man. You gotta or you gotta check in with the with the with the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Well actually, I'm sorry, by the way, uh, I, I my let me do the intro again. <laughs> okay, let's rewind. With my guest, West Covina's city council member, Brian Tabatabai. That's right. Well, thank you. No, uh, I mean, I mean, honestly, of, of all the titles, it's probably 
the title that means the least to me. <laughs> Honestly, like you know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a dad. I'm a husband. Yeah. I'm a I'm a teacher, and I'm a coach. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm on the city council. Yeah. So, <laughs> so are you still teaching full time? Yeah, yeah. So I teach uh, full time at Almani High School or El Monte, El High, Monte School. High School, uh, and uh, I teach ethnic studies there. And then I coach football at Charter Oak High School, uh, which I haven't made public public, uh, but this is the first time it's oh, like wow. officially public. Nice. I am the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Charter Oak High School. Wow. Uh, and then uh, I have a. Eight-year-old little boy, uh, who's just fantastic, and and my wife, who's a rock star. Like, like honestly, I'm a, I'm a I'm a teacher, uh, but she's like she's beyond. Like she's like like people watch her teach and record her teach, oh, yeah? and yeah, like like just t tonight, like she she had to do two model lessons, uh, and I mean she's just she blows my mind. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's a real mvp oh no she's she, she's spectacular man yeah. i i mean honestly I, I i wish she would teach at the school my my son's at because she's not orangewood great teachers by the way but um my <laughs> wife man she's good does she teach here in, in socal obviously right? yeah yeah she's uh la usd yeah. uh she's out of the classroom uh she's she's like a, a coach to teachers now mm. so she models lessons yeah. and she's like i said she's spectacular wow well, good for her. Good for you. Yeah, no, yeah. good for good, good for us. For I mean, us, like yeah. she's she makes for the world our better. Youth. Yeah, for she, our youth, you know, definitely. So, uh, coaching, you you coached before char at, at Charter Oak, and now you went back to it, or have you always? No, so I was. Uh, I actually started my coaching career at Sierra Vista. Oh, Sierra Vista High School, here uh, in Baldwin Park. In Baldwin Park, uh, and then uh, I went to El Monte, and I coached at El Monte for a long time um you know uh I, I I you know I started off just as like a running back defensive back coach uh and then uh eventually I, I was able to become the offensive coordinator uh quarterback coach uh and then we you know I I've always been someone to kind of challenge norms yeah right so I don't just you know hey on fourth down you're supposed to punt so you know we instituted stuff like we were one of the first teams in the San Gabriel Valley to go no huddle um we didn't punt on fourth downs we went for two every time um my quarterback uh broke uh pat hayden i don't know a few people know who usc's pat hayden he mm -hmm. he held the san gabriel valley record for touchdown passes uh 42 for a high school athlete at bishop amat yeah uh and then we broke it um my guy threw for 44 touchdowns um Dang. he was number one in the state and and this is little El Monte, right yeah. so you know he was five foot nine yeah. if that um and he broke every record uh he was on fred rogan's thanksgiving special with oh, all wow. these division one athletes uh and i mean he was spectacular you know it, it's just you know god didn't give him height <laughs> which it was unfair right because yeah, yeah. he was one of the greatest competitors and and just spectacular um but because he was only five nine um not gonna lie because he was mexican mm -hmm. that played a little bit into it uh, he didn't really get a, a shot after high school, but you know, that's, that's what I did. And I was at El Monte for a long time. Uh, and then, you know, it was, it was interesting cause you know, we were a program that never had success yeah. and then we started winning. Right. And then we won a league title. And then all of a sudden it seemed like, you know, the, the community, uh, expected certain things that, you know, just 
weren't weren't there right and so you know some issues came up um you know we had a, a kid transfer in uh who's a le- legitimate quarterback uh wanted to play in our style um but then we we also had some families that had been in the community and were like hey why is my son not mm, starting yeah, right yeah. and and that led to issues and and so then you know that kind of ended my time at el monte uh and then you know i coached a year at san dimas high school uh, and then I took a break. I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta do something else, right? I, I just, you know, I got into coaching because I wanted to impact, yeah. right? Want to impact community, impact, you know, athletes, kids, um, just make the world better. And, mm-hmm. and through coaching, it was it was a way to do it. Um, but you know, I was like, you know, I, I think I can do something else, right? Uh, and that's kind of what led me to run for council. Yeah. You know, and uh, so so now I've been on the council for about a year, uh, but coaching is is just something that yeah. I, I I need to do. It's your passion, though. Yeah, yeah, when I'm on that field, it's it's special, right? Uh, and so you know, I'm at Charter Oak now. It's it's a big program. Uh, we're excited. We got a great team. Um, you know, I uh, expectations are high. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we expect to to go undefeated. We expect to wow. win CIF. We expect to win a state title. I mean, that's the expectation, uh, and we're excited. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. Did you play uh, in high school? I did. I, I played at Walnut High School, uh, and baseball was actually my sport. Oh, okay. Uh, so you know, baseball. You know, from the time I was four years old. Uh, I played baseball, uh, but I did I did play football as well. Um, but there's something about coaching football that is just different, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I, I coached baseball too, and I don't know if it was because I played uh, for so long, and then so when I started coaching people, and there were certain things I just expected they would know how to do, yeah, yeah. and they couldn't do it, and it, I was just like, well. Like, how do you not know how to do that? Yeah. Uh, but football was different, right? Because I, I wasn't the best at football. So I kind of sh- struggled through it. So I had to learn it in a different way. And, and the way I learned it, I think, allowed me to teach it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so, and then it just, I mean, football is different. Yeah. You know, it's just um, that, you know, that you, you build a program. Uh, it's not individual, right? It, it definitely is a team thing, mm-hmm. right? With you know, baseball, baseball, you're on a team, but it's individual. Right. Uh, you know, and then, then football makes you, makes you think, right. So as an offensive coordinator, right. I, I have to, you know, make decisions on how to move my pieces. Right. I, I got to recognize what the defense, the defense is doing. Yeah. I, I got to recognize situation. Um, you know, one, one of the things about going no huddle, right. So for, for those of you who don't know, an average high school game, uh, there's about a hundred plays that get run, right? Mm-hmm. 50, 50 and 50. Yeah. So what we would do, right? The psychological part was we, we figured, look, if we could get them to play 100 by the third quarter, well, they're not going to be conditioned, mm-hmm. right? So our mentality was we can keep the game close and by play 100, if we're ahead or if we're within 10 points, we're going to win the game. Yeah. And inevitably that happened, right? Because, you know, we would barely be kind of warmed up, 
and the other teams would be gassed and you would see it you would see teams you know cramping up uh you would see coaches basically waving the white flag Jesus. you know it's just because because it was over but right so, so something like that though you definitely have to uh condition the players for that right yeah like you got i mean we're we're doing the no huddle but you gotta like really get them physique physic physically physique yeah. physically ready and prepared for that right? oh yeah and 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 here's the thing though right it's um you know when when we used to coach it normally with 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 huddling and and those we would condition the heck out of the players right we'd have them run gassers and you know so after practice there'd be 30 more minutes of running but when you run no huddle your practice is at that pace yeah so we wouldn't do any conditioning right our practices would be at such a pace that the the players were were ready to go right and so we, we we did no conditioning um just just the the flow of practice yeah, yeah. and 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 guys like that right no one likes to run right. gassers right. right you you like to you know sprint 40 yards for a touchdown mm -hmm. and and that that was something big too right and then our practices were way shorter right uh, i know the old school way you would you would coach you know you go three four five hour practices mm -hmm. you know from just even talking to the staff at, at charter oak you know last year you know they'd have four or five hour practices i'm like four or five like that's Who's crazy that? to yeah. me no you know um you know we're going an hour 45 oh really yeah but we, you know we're so tempoed we get so much done like we're efficient yeah. you, you don't you don't need to keep the kids out there for for that long right i mean there, there there comes a point where you know you, you plateau and then you you actually decrease performance and mm -hmm. so um again you know it, it's it's being prepared and and doing things in that way i think that's the other thing of being on the council right is i really take pride in preparing yeah. uh and you know being able to ask the you know people say oh man you you, you asked the question that i was thinking yeah, yeah. and i was like yeah you know when you prepare then then you make sure to ask all those questions that, right. that people have been wondering and things yeah. like that when uh when you're going through you know school uh you know cal poly you went to ucla your ucla yeah. grad um did you know that this is what you wanted to get into i mean i know you taught social science but did you know that you wanted to get one day get into politics and and, and maybe join the city committee <laughs> yeah council? No. uh I wanted to be a writer. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, so in high school, I, I, you know, I actually didn't have, like, I had real low self-esteem, right? Uh, you know, I had some, some issues, you know, uh, I guess you could call them dad issues or whatever. Mm, yeah. Uh, and so I didn't, I didn't really feel good about myself. And then, um, my, uh, senior year English teacher, uh, published some of my writing. And then he was working on a book and, you know, one day he called me over to his desk and he's all, Hey, I want you to read the, you know, first couple pages of my book. Yeah. And I read them and I was like, Oh man, that, that sounds like how I write. Yeah. And, and he was like, yeah, he's like, uh, your style, you know, it's, you know, I, 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 I you know, I took it yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. but you know, it was his words, but yeah. uh, he used my style. There's no plagiarism. It was right. Just yeah, yeah you know because you know i I'd, I'd wrote you know i wrote like in fragment sentences and i i, I wrote with beat right so if you read my writing it, it, it had a flow it was you know i can't rap but it it 
it kind of had that right mm-hmm. you know and then i you know i didn't care about you know english conventions like writing complete sentences i was yeah. just like not just boom like how does it sound like yeah. if i read it out loud what does it sound like and and so you know i got to college and i was like oh man i'm gonna do this writing thing right i'm gonna, I'm gonna be an english major and stuff like that and and then my dad was like like what the fuck are you doing yeah like you ain't gonna make no money right and and you know i was like "Ah." (laughs) right and so then i was like okay i'll be a lawyer right and you know i took a poli-sci class uh professor uh, raymond rocco if you're out there i don't know if you'll see this um but i took his poli-sci 40 class and i was already kind of politically active you know um when the riots happened in 92 or the uprisings, I don't like to use the word riot, but mm-hmm. when the uprisings happened in 92, you know, I was a freshman and that kind of woke me up a little bit. Uh, but then prop 187, mm-hmm. like really, um, you know, kind of opened my eyes to things. And then I got into UCLA. Uh, and when I got to UCLA, it was like, nah, like we're on the front lines here. Uh, and so then, you know, I professor Rocco and, and then he was just speaking in a way and teaching me in a way that, you know, I'd never heard. Right. There, there were, there were histories that I didn't know about. Right. You know, I was at Walnut and, and history class was, was boring to me. Right. Yeah. I wasn't in any of those histories. Like, like my, my, my abuelita, uh, she was born in Waco, Texas, mm-hmm. right. Uh, in the 1920s. Wow. Right, American citizen. Yeah. Uh, my great grandfather worked the the train, like laid track, and so they actually lived on the train car for a while, and then um, you know eventually they got a house in Waco and things like that. And I didn't know until actually until I'm like my thirties, you know, late thirties actually, that you know my my family was part of the repatriation of Mexican and Mexican Americans back to Mexico, mm-hmm. and. And I didn't even like my high school didn't even teach us that. Yeah. Right. 1.2 million Mexican and Mexican Americans got sent to Mexico. Right. Most of them American citizens. And and like that was my family. And I didn't learn that in school. Like, you know, I remember the Depression. They taught us the Dust Bowl. They taught us about the Okies coming. Right. But they didn't teach us about brown people, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I was like wow and and not till i got to ucla did i start taking classes where i was i was in the stories yeah right and then so you know there there were there were certain things that happened at ucla um you know the the banning of affirmative action through prop 209 uh and so i was part of a lot of activism there i was i was a part of mecha um you know i was you know really vocal and you know kind of found my voice there you know, and so I, w- I thought I was going to go to law school. Yeah. Right. Um, but after graduation, I I had this thing of well, I, w- I wanted to teach, uh, but I also wanted to coach. Like I loved sports. Like I tried out for the UCLA baseball team and, and I just was not good enough. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Football just, or baseball? baseball? Baseball. For the baseball team. I was like, oh, man, let me try try out for this. And they were like, nah, you're you're just not good. Like I tapped out. Yeah. and you know, I, I mean, I shouldn't, I should have known, but you know, I, I had this thing for coaching. And so I was like, well, let me teach and coach for, for like a year or two and then I'll go to law school. Yeah. Um, but you know, once coaching kind of grabbed me, I was like, 
no, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this. And, um, you know, and then teaching, obviously, you know, there's, you know, there's nothing better than like giving that lesson. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when, when I teach, right. And I teach like the deep, you know, repatriation, depatriation, or I teach the, the history of the indigenous boarding schools or, or just these things that aren't, aren't taught or like today. Is that at a public school? that you're doing Yeah. That? Oh yeah. It's okay. a public school. Like, like today we looked at the 92 LA uprisings, right. Which, you know, doesn't, doesn't normally come up. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's like, well, why not? Right. This was a historic moment, yeah. right. The, the 92 uprisings, right. When, when our, you know, my students just witnessed the whole George Floyd and, and the Black Lives Matter yeah. movement and, you know, which was part of, you know, why I also ran for, for city council, um, you know, but they don't know 92, yeah. right? They they had no idea who Rodney King was, right? They had no idea who Latasha Harlins was, right? They had no idea about, you know, Chief Daryl Gates and, you know, that, you know, when I teach, you know, some of the history of the LAPD, you know, the LAPD used to recruit from Alabama, Mississippi, used to actually go find people who were part of the KKK right. and, and make them part of the LAPD, right? And, and, and it's that history that impacts us, mm -hmm. right? You know, I think people, you know, you talk about local, right? Like, city politics is what impacts you like when you're driving to work and your car gets damaged because you ran that pothole like that's not joe biden <laughs> right that's that's brian city council member brian tabatabai right yeah. that's city manager david carmony uh of west covina who made a decision that your street didn't get resurfaced yeah right and that impacts you right when you know you know we had this this conversation about our parks right when when the 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 lights at the park aren't you know on right when the the weeds are are way too high when you don't have a bike lane right i had someone message me the other day about um she moved here from long beach yeah. and she went on a walk with 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 her baby to to the mall and she was like, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. Like the entire time, like the sun is just beating on us. And she's like, I don't know what we can do, but can we get more trees? Right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. and it's it's interesting, right? When you look at our city, right? We're called Tree City, but yeah. there are lots of spots in our city that are unwalkable. Yeah. Cause there's just no shade. Um, but that's that's local, mm -hmm. right? That's council makes decisions like we're we're about to vote on the the budget right in june we'll, we'll have our final vote for the budget well that's where we make the decision right you know how much money is going to go towards street resurfacing right how much money will go to the services to make sure our parks are clean how much money will go to right um planting trees and things like that right. um you know, and, you know, all the national stuff that that's going on that we all get caught up in. Yeah, that doesn't touch you. Yeah. But, you know, the people who are on the city council, they they'll, you know, you don't have a grocery store in your neighborhood. That's not like I said, that's not Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's all within. It's in the city. It's in know? the city, and yeah. we're gonna get. We're definitely gonna touch on that and get into how important it is to vote and and you know locally, right? Yeah. Before anything, but I want to get back to um, the schools, right? Like private uh, public schools. Yeah. The curriculum is there. Is there like a curriculum that like you have to follow this, or more of a guideline for like some teachers, like newbies that don't really know, and and they're just gonna follow this guideline. But they're never going to go away from it, or do they have to stick to a certain one? Right. Like, for example, yourself, you're teaching, you know, a little bit of different stuff, right? Yeah. No. So, um, so for one, right, right. Currently, I'm teaching ethnic studies. So, so all the things I'm touching on are are part of you know ethnic studies in El Monte, mm-hmm. right? And I was actually part of the team that got to write the curriculum, uh, and so. You know, that's embedded in our stuff. But, you know, prior to that, you know, when I taught U.S. history or I taught world history or I taught government, you know, there there is some latitude. Right. Because you have skills that you have to hit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, well, how how do you. Uh, hit those skills well well you, you know you can choose right what what type of passages right so so in 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 all of it you have the ability to to make decisions right even with us history mm-hmm. right it you know i mean the it's thousands of pages it's a lot of, yeah. right uh to choose from and so we all make choices uh, you know, that this, this idea that, well, you know, you know, teachers, you know, shouldn't right um, instill any politics and things in that, um, you know, well, the, the reality is every single teacher, every single administrator, every single school board, all of them are making choices. Like I can't teach every piece of U.S. history. Right. It's just the 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 time isn't even there. Right. So I have to make choices. So when I teach the depression. Right. uh, You know, do I focus and and spend a lot of time on the Dust Bowl or do I spend a lot of time on what was happening in the city of of L.A. and L.A. County and El Monte? Well, why, why would I spend time on the Dust Bowl? Yeah. Right. When the community where my students come from, well, this is the history that impacted them, yeah. you know. And so I think one of the, the issues is that, you know, a, a lot of a lot of educators uh, and schools in general, right, they they lose focus of, well, who's in the chair? Right. Yeah. And and what is it that that they're yearning to learn? And oftentimes, you know, they just go back to the status quo of what they were taught. Yeah. Right. And how they were taught. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often that oftentimes that erases entire peoples. Right. I, I You know, one criticism I used to always get was before my public comments, I would um, do a land acknowledgement of the Tongva uh, that were the indigenous of the San Gabriel Valley and this you know, this, this part of Southern California. And, you know, one, one of the reasons I did it was because so many of us are just completely unaware of the, the people that were here. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, um, in, in the city of Almani, they have, uh, a historical museum that's been around forever. And in that that museum, they have a uh, like a history that was written by the WPA in the 1930s of El Monte, and it, it it describes El Monte as like virgin land, 
mm-hmm. as if no one was there. Mm-hmm. And he erases any existence of the Tongva, erases the existence of Mexicans, wow. of Spanish, right? And, and as if they were no, nowhere around that. It was just this the, the, the white pioneers that came. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that's false. Right. We we know that there there's there's a history that existed prior. Uh and so why why doesn't that history have any value? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, uh, I've had a few people who after my public comments tell me like, oh, you know, I, after you you talked about the Tongva, right? I, I went back and I did some reading and and I learned about it. And I didn't realize, you know, that they that they existed or even what happened to indigenous people here. Yeah. Right. You know, a lot of people just just feel like, you know, Columbus showed up, the the Europeans showed up and they all died off. And and the reality is, no, not only did, have, did they not die off, but they, they were growing. Right. Even even after getting pushed west and being put onto reservations, they continue to grow. And that's uh, when they started like the indigenous boarding schools and the whole idea of killing the Indian inside and, um, you know, Americanizing them, changing their names, you know, right, right now there's, there's a case that, you know, is trying to, uh, get rid of a law that, uh, protects indigenous children from being removed from reservations. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and again, that, that, that law is, is, you know, if they get rid of it, goes back to kind of this legacy of, you know, eventually what, what they really want is to eliminate all indigenous people. Uh, so that way the land can become available. Yeah. Right. And, you know, but so if you don't know that they existed or they still exist, then. And like, I think that's a perfect example there is like, for example, someone like myself, like this is all news to me. I'm, I'm taking this in. like, right. like I'm, in, I'm, I'm in classroom right now. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. it wasn't taught to me. You know, exactly. I, I, grew, I, I came to school here in Manzanita, right down the street from here, you know, not that far. And we didn't learn any of that stuff. And, and it didn't, I didn't go to college. I didn't take it upon myself to go and research it in my, you know, the history of it. And there's so much more behind what they just taught us. So, um, for you to just go out there and do it that's to me it's kind of like knowing your room or reading the room yeah you know what i mean like you taught something that others can relate to right and right. that's what in el monte that's i mean it's all raza right it's all latin mostly Latinos, yeah so they can relate to that and that's that's i wish you were a teacher when I was around. <laughs> you know no I mean? no but, i i you know because i think about it right but, but i don't think it's too late right for us to oh, learn no. about that no because i'm still learning yeah. like like i said even even my you know awalita story right uh, to to learn it in my 30s uh and you know one of the things that i you know i always think about is like i would i could do school right that's how i got into ucla i could do school but i didn't learn anything yeah Right. You know, to get A's on tests and to get good grades, you know, but I wasn't critical. Right. I wasn't knowledgeable. Um, you know, I, you know, I did good on tests. Right. I did, like I didn't I wouldn't even take books home. Right. You know, my books stayed in my locker yeah. and I'd show up and, you know, I, I could do well on the test. I could get the good grades. Um, but nothing spoke to me. Yeah. Right. And so that's, you know, when I'm in the classroom, you know, I try to think about, you know, um, you know, how can I, how can I connect? Uh, one of, I think one of the best parts of when we were on distance learning is I had parents, I had grandparents sitting in on my classes, 
you know, and sometimes they'd unmute and they they tell their stories. You know, I had some students that learned that their grandparents were braceros during the bracero program, right? During the, the 50s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had one student who learned that their family lost their home when they built Dodger Stadium, right? They were part of that, right? That displacement, yeah. right? Uh, and, you know, and so those parents would, would be like, oh man, we love your class yeah. <laughs> so much, right? Because they said, you know, we didn't learn this in school, but also you're talking about our family, right? You know, I was able to have a conversation with my with my son about his grandfather because, you know, he started talking about some stuff in your class yeah. and I let him know, oh yeah, that was, you know, your abuelo, that's that's what he went through, you know? Or, you know, for, for in, in El Monte, we also have, you know, a, a pretty good uh, Asian community. Mm. And they, you know, oftentimes their histories erased, right? So we were able to talk about, you know, on the anniversary of Japanese internment, mm -hmm. right? And they didn't realize, right? There was a strong Japanese American population in El Monte that one day just disappeared, yeah. right? And and so again, right? So you take a student who, again, maybe feels like, oh no, you know, El Monte is all raza, right? And and then they see like, oh, no, you know, we've had a space here in El Monte, too. We're part of that history. You know, um, when we talk about the berry strikes so in, in El Monte, uh, Mexican and Filipino migrant workers, right, combined yeah. and went on strike. And, and it was one of the first uh, farm labor strikes to actually be successful. Mm. Uh, you know, and Cesar Chavez, you know, I've often pointed to it as kind of this, you know, moment in history. But right even even there right this you know because in in el monte right there's sometimes conflict between the latino and asian community you know but then you can see nah you know we we were unified yeah, right we came right. together we won that strike uh or when i when we talk about the segregation right because you know at, at a point there was the the mexican school and and then the white school well, the Mexican school wasn't just Mexicans. It was Mexican. It was Japanese. It was Filipino. Now it's called the Mexican school. Yeah. But, you know, so so they could see like, oh, we have this, this connected history, right? And, you know, and then one of the things, right, I always tell the students too is like, you know, when we see this history, right, because a lot of times the critique is, oh, you're you're going to make them feel like victims when you're teaching this stuff. And I'm like, victims i'm like no i mean we're powerful yeah. like like we were put in a situation where we weren't supposed to come through mm -hmm. right like i i'm not supposed to be a city council member right you know my 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 wife who came from el salvador she's not supposed to be this rock star teacher mm -hmm. right but no you know we we these were the our realities and we continue to push, right? So, you know, I always talk about, like when I go back to that 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 long past, right? Where we talk to the indigenous, right? Yeah. So the the situation with genocide, right? They, they were supposed to be murdered off. Not only were they not murdered off, but they had hope enough to like start family, yeah. right? Hope enough that in, in a society that was meant to, for their death, Mm -hmm. not not only did they not die but they said we have hope enough that this will change that will bring will bring kids in yeah 
right? And so when I, I tell my students, I'm like, man, when you think back to the ancestors, like that's power. That's not not victim. That's mm-hmm. like, man, like in my DNA, like I got this warrior DNA yeah. and, you know, we, we, we can push through and we can make a just world. And, you know, that's, you know, that that's what when I think of that history. Right. That's what that is. Yeah. You know, I really wish like that information is out there a little bit. more. I mean, what well, you know, it's there. Right. Yeah. The information is there. You just got to seek it out. The problem is that no one's no one's putting it out there for us, right? They like it's almost as if it's designed so that you don't learn of it, right? You know, yeah. it, it makes because I mean, I really did never, I didn't know any of, it, of this. Where no. now I'm like, I, I'm gonna watch this playback and take my notes and start researching because <laughs> right. I want to know more about it, you know. But I do feel like if it was out there more, would we have so much of this conflict, right, between like the Rasa Asians? Would we have that conflict when, 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 if you go back and and think about it, like we were all united at one point, we were fighting the same thing, the the same system, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah, no, and and you know, it, it's it's interesting, right? Now, now that we, you know, because I teach ethnic studies, right? Ethnic studies is always under attack, right? And 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 really, all ethnic studies is 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 giving space for the other narratives, right? The other stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yet, right, there's so much pushback, right? There's so much, right? You know, people now are talking about this idea of critical race theory uh, and saying, oh, no, you know, it's it's about hating white people and, and things like that. And it's, it's no, it's, it's about telling the story of, of, of our people. One, one thing I always tell, you know, I tell my students, but I also tell other people is, you know, there, there's a reason why, you know, my, my son, who's in second grade now, when he was in first grade, he learned about George Washington, right? He learned about Abraham Lincoln. He learned about those people because American society understands the importance of learning ab- about your history and your forefathers, yeah. right? So it is important that my son learns about his forefathers, Right. You know, he, he he doesn't come from the George Washington lineage. Right. He has a different lineage. But just like it's important for for, you know, people to learn their histories, what's important for our people to learn our histories, too. Yeah. And it, it, it isn't to say this history is the better history and this history. No, we, we should all learn each other's histories. Yeah. Right. Like I like I feel that because I went through the K through 12 system, right. And I learned the histories that were, you know, the, the, what they call American history, uh, or the, the norm, right. You know, uh, well, okay. I, I know your history, right. Do you know mine? Yeah. Right. Can you speak to mine? Right. So I, I feel like I'm kind of like the, the person who knows two or three or four languages. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I can speak English. Right. You know, but you know, Spanish, Farsi, right? These other languages, you know, right? That opens up the world in in in, in such a, a broader way. Like, why wouldn't you want to learn those things, yeah. right? Like, you know, I I embrace learning American history, right? And I, I I learned all of that, but I embrace learning the whole of American history. And then there's so much in it, and it's uh, again, I it's I think so much is is like we we play this zero sum. Like it's is winners or losers, mm-hmm. right? And and it's not that, right? It's it's is the value in learning everyone's story. And so, 
you know, uh, is there not late. Like I'm still learning, you know, there's so much stuff I, I'd like, like, Oh man, I didn't know that. And then, yeah. then I go down the rabbit hole, right? Like, like you're going to go down. <laughs> well, I know I am, but, and then there's like, you know, there's so much information out there that, you know, you read one, you're like, is this the right one? Because not to get all conspiracy theorists, yeah. but there's so much different stuff. Like you, if you find, if you search whatever you want to search, you're going to find that narrative or someone else's narrative of that same topic. And then you're going to fall into this. Oh know, yeah. You know, of, of just learning the wrong thing or, or right thing. Who knows? Right. But the thing is that, uh, where can someone get that? Is there an actual place like we can get the information before for me it was like at a public school, right? Or I'm sorry, library, you right. go to a library, you take out a book and you read all about the history of whatever. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I think you, you, you do need to be selective, right? You know, uh, you have to, right. L look at, you know, I, you know, for instance, the, the 1619 project that the New York Times put out, right? And it was heavily, you know, praised. It was also heavily critiqued. And if you read the critiques, right, the, the critiques are, are really kind of nuanced, right? Where it's like, well, like, basically, they criticize that you took it a little farther than maybe what it should be. And you know what? Any histories you read, you're going to come on a certain side of it, right. right? Like whose narrative do you want to put more weight towards, right? Uh, you know, I was reading uh, a book right now on on George Washington and the Indians, mm -hmm. right? And when you look at it from an indigenous perspective, right? If you're looking at it from the native perspective, hey, George Washington is not a good guy. Yeah. You know, he's just not, and, and he's not going to be. Right. And so now if, if you read all the perspectives, right, and you read several perspectives, then then you can come to your, your own decision. Right. Um, but I, I think that's that's where, you know, if, if you want to really be, um, you know, critical and, and feel confident in, in what you're learning is 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 you do that. Right. You challenge you even challenge the side you're looking at. Yeah. Right. So if you're looking at the indigenous perspective, okay, now read the colonist perspective, right? Le read the George Washington perspective. Yeah. Right. And then some some things are just common sense though. Right. Right. So some of the things is, oh man, you know, George Washington was one of the wealthiest men in the world, right? You know, how'd that come about? <laughs> you know, that <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you know, there there there's just certain things where you just kind of understand, right? I mean you know, one of, one of the things is, oh, well, you can't judge them, right, be, that they enslaved people because that was the way it was back then. And it's like, well, actually, no, there were ab abolitionists that were around back then, too, who wanted to get rid of enslavement. Yeah. So they had a choice, right? That's the other thing, too. I think, you know, a lot of times when we look at history, we, we act like they had no agency, mm -hmm. like they didn't have the, the, the freedom to choose a, a different path. And they did. Yeah. Right. You know, just like today, right? We're 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 choosing sides, right? And history will judge us, right? History will judge, right? Some people are, you know, that's why they have the saying, right? Are, are you on the right side of history? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we all are are making those decisions, right? I think one of the things that that you know I hope, you know, my my son and my grandchildren look back, they're like, okay, you know, you know grandpa dad you know he he made the right choices right i think that's what we're all trying to do yeah. right I think, uh, I think the biggest issue though uh when you said you know are you on the right side of history um you know who's to say that you know in history or you know, years mm -hmm. from now 
um who you know your is your side right or not or wrong right you know, like it, it all depends on who's looking at it oh and yeah I mean, be, because we're like you said it's choosing sides there i feel like there's no more gray area it's just all black and white you're either here or you're there you know like choose which side you want to be on right and and is there a right or wrong you know well who, who knows i think know? i think i think this is where you know we we kind of ask ourselves are, are there some universal truths of, of humanity right i think you know you know i think most people would say the civil rights movement, right? The Martin Luther King side, that was being on the right side of history. Yeah. Right. If today you were still for segregation, if you were still for uh, the idea of white supremacy, right? If you were still for Jim Crow laws and things like that, you know, people look at you as as if you're a white supremacist, neo-Nazi, you know, and, and you've been uh, ousted from society kind of because that's the wrong side right yeah. you know if if you know if we looked at you know nazi germany right you know so you know i i think that there are some universals now in the moment we may not know what that is right, right? but we will be judged, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we will be looked at. We will be viewed. People will ask, right? Just just like those, you know, the George Washingtons and the Thomas Jeffersons that are now, you know, really facing big critique. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't hide behind while well, that was the way it was. Because if you're making that argument, then you're saying they were wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. If they were right, you wouldn't have to say, well, that's how it was. You would exactly. say, no, that's how it that's how it is. That's how it is. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so so we do know. Yeah. Right. And and I think, you know, at the end of the day, right, when, when we look at humanity and as we evolve, right, I think that's the thing about human beings, too. Right. We we have this ability to think and have judgments where we're, we're not just an instinctual. Mm -hmm. right species right we we get to make decisions we get to learn we get to change our minds yeah. we, we get to act differently where we have agency right so uh yeah i you know i think you said something very important earlier you said uh you know it's 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 your it's your due diligence to to read both sides right the opposition as well you know yeah. you might feel a certain way but read the other side that way you can get a good common ground of what you're going to do and what you're going to vote for example for example right right uh, we have the uh, uh statewide uh primaries coming up next month so this is a perfect example and a perfect segue after these commercial breaks but <laughs> we're going to get into a little bit more about your life in in the in the social science of the politics right the uh, uh city council right right brian tabata by <laughs> my night job yes your night job <laughs> All right, I hope you're all enjoying the show. I just want to take a brief moment to remind you guys to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. If you guys prefer to listen to this instead of watching, the show is also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor. Now let's step into it. So what we left off at was uh, we're talking about... Uh, checking out the both sides right both sides of the team so this is like for perfect example would be that you you want to decide on who you're going to vote for so let's check you know for example this is a good example my parents were were raised or raised me as a democrat right you're damn always you know that's it 
So all the stuff that they got on the mail was all them stuff. Them, 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 them. This is exactly who we need to vote for. And that's what it was. And I always kind of thought it was weird. And I go, well, I don't even know who this guy is, but I know that I'm supposed to vote for this because you're telling me I have to. Let me do the research on the other one. Not until I got older. Let me do the research on the other one. And eventually, most of you know, nine out of ten times, I, I went. I still went with the other side because that's what I felt in my heart was to vote for. So, what I'm trying to say is, take a look at both sides so that you know who you're voting against, not so much who you're voting for. Do you, does that make sense at all? Yeah. No. No. I, I. I. I think you know one. One of the things you know, and I teach my students all the time too, is you know, in, in order to make a strong argument, you you need to be able to give the counter. Right. And you, you need to have thought of the counter. And and I actually tell my students, you know, if, if you think of the counter in, in such a thoughtful way, sometimes you should actually probably change your argument yeah. to the counter. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's when you really know that you, you've been critical and you've thought things through, you know. Uh, and, and so, you know, I think what you said, though, is. You know, the reason why oftentimes we do end up voting, you know, almost always for a certain party is is we we also have some universal truths in, in how we 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 live our lives and things we believe in. And yeah. and and the way the parties have positioned themselves is they position themselves as, well, we're the party of this thing. Right. Yeah. And we're the party of this thing. And, and whichever, you know, because because each of us, I think, has an issue that is like a non-negotiable like you know what if you're against this issue then i i, I can never be with you yeah. right and and so you know i think in terms of when we're talking about you know um federal like nationwide politics or even maybe when we're talking statewide politics i think that that really gets into there i think when we talk about local politics though that's different. Mm -hmm. I think local politics, right? Because we're talking about things like like paving streets, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. We're talking about those, things those nasty potholes, right? Yeah, we're talking about things like graffiti. We're talking about things like you know trees, trees, field uh, usage for sports, field usage for sports. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, how, yeah. How how much should we subsidize? fields for our our local teams yeah. right Thing, things like that uh and and you know that's not on any party platform right the de democratic and republican parties don't put out all right this is our feelings on sports fields right, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no and so so i think local politics you, you know i think one of the things if i'm voting in, in local politics you know i'm asking myself well you know the the person i'm voting for how much blood do they have in in the city I live in, right? How much yeah. skin do they have in the game, right? You know, I, I I think it is important, right? You know, you know my my son goes to Orangewood Elementary School, right? So I have a vested interest in our public schools being really good, yeah, right. My son plays soccer at you know Orangewood soccer facility, right? Yeah. So I have a vested interest in making sure that that park is 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 well run and you know my my son has some interest in the skate park right which is like kind of a big thing with me and you know is one of the things where you know i i haven't been able to crack the the nut on that one right i haven't i haven't gotten it to where i want it like 
the lights still aren't on, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I need this the lights for the skate park to be on. I need Is this the, the gate- one right across from Edgewood. Yeah, okay. right. That's always graffitied yeah. and always mm-hmm. tagged up, and people talk about it like it's 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 like the worst place in the world. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know. But the problem is the city thinks it is. So the what does the city do before the lights go on? Right we, before the sun even goes down, they lock the gate. Mm. So skaters who want to use it can't even like if I get out of school at three thirty, and they lock the gate at four thirty five. Like I, I can't skate during the week. Right. So then who is that skate park for? Well, the lights, they don't turn them on at night for them. Hmm. So, but the, the soccer facilities lights are on. So you know what it does? It leaves just enough light for taggers who want to go in there, don't want to be seen. So if you're, you're driving down the street, you can't see the taggers because mm-hmm. it's dark, Yeah. but there's enough light in there for them to do their work. Yeah. And the kids who want to use it, who want to skate, because I've talked to a lot of the skaters, and the skaters say, look, we, we don't like this tagging. We don't want this. Um, I had some skaters um, who consistently, on a weekly basis, right, go and clean up that skate park. Like, they go and pick up trash, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, I spoke with them, and and, and I'm hoping they'll, they'll come to the council meeting. Um, you know, we have a council meeting on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. Uh, and I've said, hey, like, come, come and tell, because people don't believe that that those, you know, that, that the skaters have issue, right? Everyone thinks it's the skaters who are doing this to their park, yeah. and, and they're not, right? And, and really, it's the city that's doing it to the park, because mm-hmm. the city's locking it up from the people who want to use it, right? If you have skaters get access to that park and are using the park, um, people who want to do criminal activity, they, they don't go to area. Like I've talked to our chief of police. Mm-hmm. Our chief of police says if there's um, active use by residents at a, at a facility, criminals stay away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but if the area is dead, if there's no one around, then they're going to go tag it up. Yeah. You know, and and that's a reality. Right? You know, I mean, you know, when, when I grew up in the 90s, I had friends that were part of tagging crews. Right. So so I also understand the mentality of taggers. Right. Right. And they, they want to find walls. They want to find spaces to do their work. And we're basically providing that for mm-hmm. them, you know. And so, you know, again, I think, you know, if you're when you're voting local, you got to ask yourself, OK, this this person I'm, I'm voting for. Right. What what skin do they have in, in the city? Mm-hmm. Right. Do do they go eat at the local restaurants, right? Do they go shop at the stores? Um, do they use the facilities, right? You know, my my son played one year at Pony Ball at Walmart Park. Yeah. Right? You, you think I don't care about Walmart Park? No, I do care, yeah. right? That's why when, you know, they, they, you know, talk to me on Facebook, like, yeah, I, 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 I know what the park is, you know, and I know why that's important, that park. And, you know, do, do I always, you know, get the result I want? I don't. You know, I wish I, I, wish I could just snap my fingers and, and get everything done. But, hey, you know what? Know that someone is, is saying this stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Know, know that as soon as you message me or text me, uh, I'm getting that to the city manager. 
and I'm saying, hey, th this needs to be taken care of, right? This this is not okay. You know, sometimes does it get taken care of? Yeah. Like the other day I, you know, I, I, I was running and, and I saw that on Orange, which is a major street, right? Had huge weeds just all over the place. Yeah. And, and I was like, Hey, you know what? A couple of people have already complained to me, you know, can we take, take care of this? Yeah. And, and the city took care of it. Now that's not okay though. Right. Uh, it shouldn't be a council member tells staff and staff takes care of it. It should be part of our process that it just gets taken care of. Yeah. And that's, I think when when people complain about the way the city's run, I think that's a valid criticism, right? That you know we don't have the the processes in in place, and I think part of it is we we're doing things where we, we've taken on projects that we shouldn't have taken on. Mm. You know, um, I I'm not a fan of the city taking over the sportsplex, for instance. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, because you know, in order for us to run the sportsplex, we need to staff it. Mm -hmm. Well, who's that staff? That staff are people who should be taking care of the weeds on Orange, right? <laughs> That's the staff that should be clearing out our sewer system, right? But they're not able to do that. And because they're not able to do that, right, well, now we have issues other places in the city. Yeah. Um, you know, if people are paying attention to what we're doing with our budget, right? So uh, shout out. I don't know when you're, you're going to post this. I know you're going to try to post this right away. Tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. Uh, oh, today, now. Uh, today. With May the 3rd. Yes, May the 3rd. <laughs> May the 3rd. So on May the 4th, there's a budget workshop at Cortez Park yeah. at 630. Okay. Okay. At that workshop, they're going to talk about how the city plans on hiring 12 new public works people. Uh, that That's going to come out of our gas tax money, right? And, and people might not understand what the gas tax money goes to. Yeah. Well, we need to hire that staff because we need more people at the sportsplex. Right. And and that way we can have, you know, people provide other services. Well, gas tax goes to paving streets. So what does it mean? If we hire these 12 people, it means we're not going to be able to pave as many streets. Right. So I need to ask myself, how many residents of West Covina use the sportsplex and want a sportsplex, right? We have 110,000 residents, mm -hmm. right? How many of those 110,000 actually use it? Yeah. I'll tell you this. Most of the people who use the sportsplex do not live in West Covina. That's correct. Right? Very few West Covina residents actually use that facility. Yeah. And even if we made that facility free and open 24-7, very few West Covina residents would use it. Yeah. But you know what the residents of West Covina use? They use our streets. Yeah. Because you got to get home. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal, right? If I'm a resident of West Covina and they're saying, look, we're going to trade paving some of your streets so we can maintain the sports parks. I'm like, no, oh, fuck that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm like, nah, I want to make sure when I'm driving home that I don't get a flat. Right. Right, you know, um, we had we had a major event. We had this, this spring festival, oh, right? Yeah. A very popular one. Yeah, yeah, popular. But was it very popular to the hundred and ten thousand residents of West Covina? Right. I mean, nope. <laughs> you know, um, I I know residents of West Covina went. I heard the chatter. 
Right. But or read, or read, I should you, say, read, read you read the chatter. Um, but a lot of the people that came were out of the city. Right. Yeah. Right. And and I'm not saying let's not have those events. I think those events are important and cities should have those for their community. But the amount of resources. Right. I mean, again, I, I always talk to res residents. I'm like, look, we, we have trade offs. Right. You know, I think what frustrates me with some politicians is right. Like they always give sugar. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, oh, yeah. We'll we'll hire a thousand police officers. We'll make sure every street is paved. We'll yeah. make sure your taxes never go up. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Right. So I'd rather say, look, you know, I was having a conversation about access to the sports parks. Right. Uh, you know, one of the, the teams was like, hey, it's forty five dollars an hour for our team to practice. You know, that's too expensive. And I and in my mind is like, well, one, we had a conversation like long ago about in order for the sports books to be open we need we need to charge if we don't charge then this facility is just going to be closed yeah. so no one will have access to it um but i'm like okay if residents of west covina want that to be free great we'll have it free what do you want to give up you can't you can't have both right, right? so you want a sports flex Okay, which streets do you not want paved, right? You want a sports flex? Which neighborhoods should we not trim the trees, right? You want a sports flex? Which graffiti, right? Do, do you want graffiti taken care of in a day or do you want it taken care of in a week, right? right? Because now, you know, people complaining, hey, the graffiti, right? You're not taking care of it as fast. Well, we have a sports flex to run, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm not even getting into, the, you know, this idea of us having our own health department. Right. Oh, you know, one, yeah. no, that's a that's, that's a, whole a whole nother, nother episode. Exactly. <laughs> but that that's what I'm saying. Like you end up trading stuff up. And yeah, so, yeah. so again, I think this is where like when you're, you're thinking about who to vote for, you, you ask yourself, OK, like does does this person actually like live in the city the way I live in the city? Yeah. Because if they don't, then I'm then I really be like pass, hard pass, yeah. right? But if they do, then you could be like, hey, you know, what's up? I mean, you know, you go to this park. Oh, yeah. You think this park's okay? And I'll be like, nah, you know what? You know, Del Del Norte Park, right? That that dog park. We we need to fix it up, yeah. right? We need we need to do something about that, you know, um, because I use it. Mm -hmm. right what's well, always it, it always comes down to that it's like what's that vested interest right and, and i think a lot of us like in the in the a uh, lot of residents right in the west covina are thinking like are what is your end game here you mm -hmm. know like what's what's the interest if west covina are we here to just be this uh city that just makes money 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 but who does it go to it's supposed to go back to us right right i mean isn't that what it's supposed to be and 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 i think that's what the setback is like well if the city is uh generating a lot of money which i think the impression is that it is from you know fees and all this other stuff like this the spring festival is a small minor thing right but things uh, uh, of that nature um where's that money going to if we're not getting these uh, streets fixed if we're not getting the parks that we want the lights all that i mean there's a lot more that comes into it and, and i think this is where where a perfect uh, segue would be that transparency of it right all right so we're always asking where 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 well yeah you know that's the question <laughs> like where is it all going to well see so, i think that's that's the part where you know there isn't transparency right so like, like a spring festival 
the city lost money on that, right? Yeah. Or, you know, we, we could say lost or we could say the city subsidized that event. We sub right? So taxpayers paid for that event to happen. We mm -hmm. didn't make any money from it, yeah. right? Um, when people rent out the sportsplex, right? We, we're lucky if it costs us zero, mm -hmm. right? If it costs us zero, that's a success. Yeah. Otherwise, we're, we're, you know, like like this past, you know, I just spoke with our finance director. Uh, the city is going to have subsidized the sportsplex $150,000. Mm. And that's that's not counting the employees there, Damn. right? Because the employees are coming out of some other fund, yeah. right? And so... Which, it, which is not even a lot of employees. I'm sorry to interrupt no. you, but it's just, I mean, when you... When you look at that facility from back in the day when it was operating mm -hmm. as Big League Dreams, right. it was staffed to its max. Now, I mean, it we're talking like you can count how many in one hand. Exactly. Per night. And 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 it, even even that small number though, you remind yourself that's someone who should be taking care of graffiti. Yeah. That's someone who should be making sure the sewers are maintained, right? So instead of the sewer being maintained, you know, today, it'll get to in two weeks. Well, what happens during those two weeks? There's a reason why we have processes. And I think, again, that's that's where the, the, the city's really, you know, falling short mm -hmm. is because we have made decisions um to 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 send people in other spaces right the services that residents really want um get shortchanged or really need yeah and really need and 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 then the the other thing is because i, I don't know if it's if it's courage or if it's just how politics works um you know like i'll, I'll be straight out hey you know what other cities around us that people always compare us to, like Covina, Glendora, they pay 10.25% in sales tax. Mm -hmm. We pay 9.5. Yeah. So you know what? You made a trade-off. You know, when when we made a decision to to not pay, you know, more in sales tax, that means less revenue to the city. So, you know, people are like, oh, in Covina, they they offer free sports for their youth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, they pay more in taxes. Yeah. You, you know, it, it's it's not like this, you know, think about it, right? I'm, I'm on a, a council. Wait, you think I don't want to get free sports? Right. right. You know, you want to get reelected? You get free stuff all the time if right. you could. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, they still do, right? I'm, I'm more like, nah, we're not doing it. You know, I, I got into a, a thing on a Facebook thing, right? About, again, about get, giving fields. Right now, someone will probably get in my ear like that was stupid politically. Why yeah. would you even get on that thread? Well, because I'm, you know, I want to be honest with people. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't want to bullshit. I don't want to say, oh, yeah, we're going to give you that field for free. I mean, I, we could do that. But you know who I'm fucking over? Uh, every other resident who going to their taxes are going to give that field for yeah. free mm -hmm. when they didn't agree to that. Right. Like, that's not okay. And then here's the thing, right? Why should that organization get it for free when the other organizations had to pay? Right. So now I'm like, okay, now I got to give it everybody for free. Right. Right. And so, you know, again, right. It's, it's, it's not like, because you have my phone number or because you tagged me on Facebook, that shouldn't give you some extra right 
mm-hmm. that some other resident, what, what if uh, another resident isn't on Facebook? Yeah. Maybe another resident didn't even know I'm on a city council, right? They, they never met me, so they don't have my cell phone number. Well, are they any less a citizen, right? So, so again, you know, why should you get this thing for free? You know, and, and I, I, and I mean, I get it, right? When you have, and I think this was another reason, right? When we talk about rasa, or we talk about, you know, we haven't had access to power, mm-hmm. right? We haven't had access to these positions, yeah. And so, you know, we we haven't had the ability to 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 have our rights met and you know uh and so i think that's that's again too right in this position right there there is some some power there and and i I just want to make sure that you know it's just Mm -hmm. you know well i think you know i think uh with this whole thing just going back to that little league right like the or the parks Mm -hmm. you know I, i think a lot of people out there a lot of the residents they feel or they think that these little leagues and ponies are are like a city run thing when it's not you yeah. know and 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 i know i'm one of those persons that i thought it was until what did i do i joined the board and i learned it wasn't so we as as the board which we're the you know yeah. <laughs> when you're on the a board member of a little league or a pony or anything like that it's the worst because you know you're literally like not taught how to run a board you just here this is how you're you're, yeah. you're just running it now you're the president what what and you got to make all this happen out of nothing right like you got to raise the money fundraisers boom, boom. you know you wish little league right probably multi-million dollar company yeah. or billion whatever you would think that they would give you like maybe a stipend or something right, right. to help you run this organization but they don't so again it goes to show you that they feel and even board members feel that the city owes us those fields they owe us that time they owe us all that but it's not it's a you know it, but you don't know it and people yeah. aren't are not informed the right way exactly you know? exactly you know you see west covina on there and yeah you know what these are these are our kids these are our, our families mm-hmm. right and so we we do care about them but yeah it, it's also a private organization mm-hmm. right and you pay fees and those fees go to the private organization, right? Right? They 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 don't come to the city, right? The city isn't isn't running these things. The city doesn't have any ordinances on these things, right? And and again, this this all the city's trying to do is for one provide the services to to the community, which is right trying to make sure teams have fields, right? Because that's important. That's part of the city's vision. Um, but you know, you also have, right. All the liability issues, all the insurance issues, yeah. all, but also, you know, I, I've been involved in youth sports and not all youth sports are about the kids, about the families, right? Yeah. A lot of these youth sports are about making money and profiting and yeah. exploiting the kids. And, um, you know, I, again, I, I, I think that's, you know, someone said, oh, that touched a nerve. Right. And Yeah. God damn right it touched a nerve. Cause when I when I see something that really looks exploitive of kids for, for someone else's benefit. Yeah. Like that pissed me off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm gonna call it out and I'm gonna push back. And I'm not gonna, you know, just watch as someone exploits a problem for their own personal benefit. And and you know, in, in that situation, that's that's really what I felt happened. And and you know. You know, it's going to be difficult to, to change my mind on yeah. that one. But 
I think again too that you know just our lack of knowledge but like you were saying right I'm on a council and there's no training for that either right so you know you get elected and you know and and you know, one of the things even before I ran, you know, you have a vision of like city council people, yeah. of you know, House of Reps, Congress, right? All these elected people, you think like, oh man, like there's no way I could be in that seat, mm-hmm. right? Because there's something special about them, right? I'm just yeah. a normal, normal guy. And then you get in the seat and you're you you meet some of them and you're like, oh man, like you got all this power and you don't know shit. <laughs> like, like you don't read. Yeah. Like, like, how are you in this position making decisions that impact lives? And I know you didn't read what we were given. And, and you know, it, it, in a way, it was disheartening. Uh, but in a way, it's like, hey, you know, all of you out there, if you're considering running for any elected office, you got what it takes right because it it don't take much <laughs> you know we talked about like okay so like i'm thinking same thing i would never i could never be someone up right. there you know i don't have the credentials for it i don't have the experience for it the only thing that i would have to offer is probably like something that you have is passion right like i love my city i love where i'm at i, I want it i want to see it uh, progress i want to see it get better and better and better but that's all I have. But maybe it, it kind of sounds like that's all you need, right? If you have that, maybe that's the right direction. And yeah. And you'll learn the rest on the on the fly. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think, you know, that, you know, I think, you know, first and foremost, you, you want to serve, right, the community. And I think if you have a passion to really do what's best for your community, then... I think that trumps everything, right? Because there's a level of responsibility you feel like I, I can't let I can't let my community down, right? Yeah. This this you know I'm not only do I represent you know the city, but like there's a lot of people counting on me, right? And you know they 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 gave me the privilege, right? You know again it. Like every time I sit up there, right, I'm like, man, you know, it's a privilege to be up there, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I don't want to fail, right, my my community, right? And 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 then too, right, I, I think about, right, you know, I have, I have a son, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, who am I to, to this little boy, right? And, you know, I, it, you just, you, you can't go in there you know unprepared yeah right and and i think that's that's it right you you know you're serving the community and because you're serving the community you're going to make sure you're prepared does that mean you're always going to make the right decision no right because again what is the right decision yeah right you know i i I might vote a certain way and people might not agree with it and i I think the one thing i uh, i'll say that i'm most pleased with is that people who disagreed with my vote have always told me, well, at least I understood why you voted that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't agree with you, but I understood it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so, you know, at, at, right? Because even, even you know, 
I think one of the more controversial votes is when I, I voted um, in favor of um, the DA, right? Gascon. Oh. Right. And, yeah. you know, the, the council voted four to one, uh, no confidence. Um, but, you know, residents, you know, said, look, man, you know, I don't agree with you, you know, but at least, you know, I understood where you were coming from. I wasn't surprised. Right. And I had residents who came up to me and said, I'm glad. Right. Because I also am in favor of these things. Yeah. And I'm glad that someone spoke to it and someone made the argument for it. And someone because, hey, you know what? The reality is, you know. He was elected. Mm -hmm. You know, millions of people actually are in favor of these things. And even though there, there's there's a portion of West Covina that's against it, and, and maybe the residents, uh, the council that voted right in that way represents them. Well, there's also, you know, a portion of West Covina that is represented by my vote. Yeah. And one of the things I want to make sure is that I represent those votes clearly to those people but also to the people who disagree with me mm -hmm. right because they need to hear that side. so so my job on the dais is to speak for the people i represent with my vote right yeah. if it's a yes vote on something that i clearly articulated why i voted yes and that way people especially the people who are against my yes vote mm -hmm. they heard the argument right uh and, that, and that's Again, I think, you know, one of the things like if you're going to be on that dais, you, you know, you better be able to tell people why you voted that way and, and make it clear. And, you know, they'll they'll respect it, even yeah. if they don't agree with even it. Even if they don't agree with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a perfect example or, or, or um, definition of, of your one of your, I guess, taglines in your Instagram profile is a uh, voice of the people led by the people. So you actually have an ear. And when I say ear, I mean, check out on Facebook, West Covina Buzz. That's the forum that's most popular to use. Right. I guess. Yeah. And uh, and you get a lot of that chatter from there. And that's where you hear a lot of your residents. Obviously, they call you, too. Right. And they yeah. text you. <laughs> and, you know, you probably get emails like crazy. But uh, that's a perfect example of it. You're a voice of the people. And then it's led by the people. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, de definitely. And then I try to engage as much on social media, right? I'm, I'm part of as many of the Facebook groups, West Covina Facebook groups as I can be, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I engage, um, you know, and, and, and I don't just, like I said, in engage to tell people, you know, what, what they want to hear. Right. I, th I think that, you know, my position is also to, to tell people truthfully, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is possible, what is not possible, you know, I, you know, when, one of the big debates too is like on, on homeless, right. People, people are, are always like, well, why don't, why don't we just, you know, um, enforce camping laws or, you know, do what other cities are doing. And, and, and the reality is for one, a lot of what people believe other cities are doing, they're not actually doing mm -hmm. right. Um, but two, you know, I tell people all the time, look, if you want us to be able to enforce certain ordinances, then we need to have shelter. Yeah. And if you don't want to have shelters in West Covina, then this is what the law is. Like I coach football and there are rules. And even within those rules, officials 
view the rules the way they want to view them. Yeah. And I can bitch. I can complain. I could say you're you view that rule in the wrong way. Doesn't matter. I don't have the flag. Yeah. They do. Mm-hmm. And so if it's up to me to adjust. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I can spend the whole game in that official's ear. But at the end of the day, when my team loses, it'll be on my it'll be my fault. Yeah. That I didn't adapt and I didn't find the strategies to be successful. Mm-hmm. Right. And and again, with, with with issues like like when it comes to homeless, right? It's okay. This is the the rules have been set down, right? And so are we going to adjust in order to create the society we want to create based on the rules that are in place? Or do we want to just talk about this fantasy land that doesn't exist, right? Because either we want to solve the problem or, or, you know, we just want to complain. I, you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes comes from the the late Pat Tillman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he played in the NFL and then was an Army Ranger and got uh, killed in Afghanistan. Um, but, you know, he, 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 he said, you know, I hear all this bitching, but I don't see the baby. Yeah right mm-hmm. the, the, this whole idea right you're gonna complain complain show me the baby mm-hmm. you know uh and and that's that's one of the things right you know it's it's easy to to complain about what we wish we could do right but you know why don't we just do what we can do yeah you know and then and then see right that's the other thing too right is like hey we we want to complain and we don't want to try the thing. Well, let's try the thing. You know, if if it doesn't work for our city, then, then we can always change. We can always do different, but, but at least there was some, some kind of, uh, you know, actually trying, we tried right. something as we opposed to just like, action. we don't have, we don't have the resource for it. That's it. Exactly. You know, we tried, we attempted it, you know, cause obviously you, you can provide a shelter. You can, What's that analogy? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Right. It's the same thing. You know, you can build all these shelters, but you can't force anybody to get in there. Right. And you know? and, and with the with the with the the laws, the the way it is, is is, you know, if you have the shelters and then they refuse the services, you you actually can do certain things, right? Um, you know, but I think ultimately, you know, we were talking before. You know, one of the things we we need to realize is is the the human capital that's needed to deal with the homeless issue, right? Like people say, like, oh, we have all these billions of dollars we've spent. Yeah, the money is not the problem. The problem is we don't have enough people to go do the work to to outreach, to give mental health support, to give drug abuse support, right? They that they're just not available. Yeah. And that work is hard and we don't respect that work. Mm-hmm. Like we don't pay people to, you know, people who are doing those jobs are, are not making enough money to survive. Yeah. Right. I was, I was talking to someone uh, who, you know, the, the, the director of LASA just resigned mm-hmm. because a lot of the employees were making barely enough money to not be homeless themselves. Oh, geez. <laughs> right. And and she wrote this long piece. And, and so again, but, but we don't want to pay that. Yeah. 
right you know we we go back to to other things that we that we say like you know um you know things like 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 teachers right and 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 we talk about like well you know we 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 want great teachers we want well yeah but we we don't we don't pay that type of work right or we complain you know we get a lot of complaints about well public service employees look at their retirements right oh look at how much it costs cities yeah it does yeah right and we're dealing with it as a city but you know what when someone goes into that public service they've sacrificed a lot of money themselves right cuz you can make a lot like most of my family works in in the private sphere yeah you know i mean i i've i have you know family members that make millions of dollars a year you know when you go into the public field you sacrifice that now you sacrifice it for stability right and you sacrifice that for retirement mm -hmm. you know and look we're in america everyone had a choice like the people who who decided to go into the private sphere you chose that yeah. just like people who chose to go into the public sphere chose it we all had those choices to then later criticize me that oh wow look at how much you're making in retirement and i don't have that well we we had the choice yeah. right you know like i i complain when great it's time for grades right and i'm watching my my best friend who's a pe teacher and like you know how to grade papers <laughs> and he's like well you know when we got in the credential program you check that box i checked this one <laughs> <laughs> true you know right? and i'm like at, at that point i'm like yeah you know you got yeah. me yeah, yeah you know i, I could have chose that box but you're right like you know um everything like we make those decisions uh to become a certain you know get a let's say you know you're, you're you're applying for a job right this one pays a lot more you're gonna go for that one right you, you may have a better lifestyle over here right right peace of mind freedom but you chose the most of us are gonna choose the money right because right. we want to pay we want that lavish lifestyle or maybe not so lavish but we want to be able to afford certain things right and I think most of it is derived uh, decisions that we make are derived by the money. Yeah. But then at the same time, when you want certain things, like you're you're saying in the city, it's gonna cost you some money. It's gonna cost money, and that it all everything revolves around that that green. And right. It really, it, I mean, there's no escaping that. That's we live in America. That's what it is. Yeah. Unless the community somehow is gonna go, hey, let's let's start this organization, and for free, all right, for free, we're gonna go out there and volunteer our time, and we're gonna make it work. Right. But that just doesn't, it's not going to happen. I right. Mean, that, that's a fairy tale, isn't it? Yeah. No, you know, and, but, you know, we, we do have some organizations. We have some great organizations, right? Kiwanis just, just did the Easter Shout event. Out. Yeah. Um, you know, Lions Club just, just did something where, you know, they, they recycled glasses and they do. So we have some great service organizations. Right. And, you know, those are important. Those drive cities and, you know, but, if you're talking about, you know, the type of services that residents are talking about, um, it comes at a cost, right? And 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 again, you know, we we can provide every service you want, mm -hmm. uh, but let's also be honest of of what it costs, yeah, right? And and you know, you know, pe people also get paid a, a, a wage to live on. You know, and, you know, again, you, you, you can you can argue, no, that 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 job, that profession shouldn't get that pay. Well, you know, here in the city of West Covina, we compete for employees, too. 
right? So if I want to hire, you know, uh, code enforcement, let's say, well, I'm competing with Montebello, right? I'm competing with Azusa. I'm competing with Covina. I can't, I can't pay that person $15 an hour if all the cities around us are paying $22 an hour. Yeah. Right. It, it just, that's the cost of the service, you know? Uh, and, and again, right. We can, we can make decisions like, like, you know, again, you know, in the past, right. We've tried to pass, you know, they tried to pass tax WC, right. To go towards police and fire. And it, it was, you know, badly written and, and the way the, the tax was, it was, it wasn't a good tax. So the city voted it down. Yeah. Okay. And, and I understand that. But if our position is that we are never going to increase the 9.5 cent sales tax, I'm good with that. But don't then compare me to other cities that charge a 10.25, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, you, you can't say, well, you know what, before they had that 10.25, they were doing all these services. Okay, but they were sacrificing other services that we we give to the resident yeah and now that they have the 10.25 they're doing those previous services plus now they're doing more right okay and so again as a resident maybe you say i don't want city government to do that right i want to pay that out of my own pocket mm -hmm. that's that's great then let's do that but then when the city can't provide you that service you can't then say, oh, my God, why are you not providing me that service when the city of Covina is doing it? Yeah. Well, no, you right. You, you, you can't have both. Right. We're, 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 we're adults. You know, I love when Kobe told Paul Gasol, like, put on your big boy pants. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's that's kind of my approach to to, to residents is like, no, you're, you're, not, you're not a kid. You know, you, you you make real life decisions in your household when you budget, you make decisions and you tell your your right, your household, hey, we can't do these things. And as a city, we do this, do the same and, and we listen to you, um, you know, and, and some of my votes. Right. And, and, you know, based on who I'm listening to. Right. Um, you know, get me there to vote yes or no. Um, but that's, that's what we do. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, ultimately, you know, hopefully that, that comes across. Um, but like I said, I'm, you know, maybe politically it's not good to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but, you know, you know I, at least that's how I want to be yeah. talked to, you know? Well, that's, the, I mean, that's the way to do it. I mean, and, it, and it's not, it shouldn't be just like an adult thing. I think, you you know, there's no reason why our, our youth needs, you know, shouldn't learn about that stuff at an early age. And and that doesn't have to mean that the school that they go to has to teach it. I think the, I think us parents, we need to start talking to our kids about that. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know what the age limit is or, or the age should be that you start speaking to your kids about certain politics and, and way of voting or, or, you know, but I think the conversation has to be had. Had, had you know we have to make that have that conversation yeah you know what i mean because if, if they know about that at an early age and you start uh i'm, I'm trying to think of the word that uh everybody's using right now um systematic right like a systematic thing if we if we um teach them now at an early age of how important it is to vote and to do your research and do it the right way because it, it, it's gonna make an impact in your life not now but later 
Yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no, d- definitely. And I, I think again, right. It's, you know, the vote does matter. Right. I think we were talking about before we, you know, where you feel like, Oh, you know, our vote, you know, who's, who's really paying attention. And, you know, I voted for so-and-so and, and this thing didn't happen. Right. Um, but you know, again, I, I go back to, okay, you know, maybe the, this, this person you voted for isn't doing the thing, but there's other ways also to be politically active besides voting, right? There's being part of organizations. There's speaking at a city council meeting. There's getting a group of parents together and going to the school board and saying, no, we want this thing. Yeah. Hey, you know, getting together on the PTA, right? I mean, there's, there's just so many, like before I was on a council, like I was politically active in different things that had nothing to do with getting someone to vote for me, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, again, right. Even being a coach or being a teacher, right. You're impacting your society, right. You're impacting your community, right. You, you being president of the little league, right. I mean, how much impact you had there, right. You being a coach for teams, right. Yeah. So there's, there's all these ways we can impact and create the community we want. And and I think that's something too, we, we need to get to our kids, right. It's yes. You're right. Being voting is important, right. Being politically active is important, right. Being conscious of what's happening around you is important, right. Being involved with people, creating yeah. relationships, creating friendships, right? Uh, having, you know, groups, right? All those things have important, right? That's why, you know, when I go to, you know, my kid's soccer game and I see, right, the, the president, I see the coaches and I see all the parents and I see everyone involved, right? It's like all of those people, right, are, are power players, mm-hmm. right? All of those people are making the community better. Right. Like I got this this silly title called council member, but I don't have it, you know, any more impact than, you know, the families that show up to the kids game. Like, like, I'll be honest, like, you know, my parents didn't used to go to my games. Right. You know, and, you know, I wish they would have went to more of my games, Right. So every time I see the parents at their kids games, I'm like, you're making the world better. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, really, right? If if you, you know, the parents that show up to open house, you know, because you know, I, I, you know, my my mom was always at open house, but my dad wasn't always right. He worked a lot, but that's important. Yeah, you know, and and you impact your kids that way by by showing up, right? Uh, and so, you know, I think those those are big things. Hundred percent, man. I agree because you know I I push that all the time. Is is it's our youth, it's our kids. You know, it's what we're teaching, it's what we're leaving behind. Some of these unfortunate kids that are acting a fool, knuckleheads. You know, it's probably because they didn't have the right, you know, grounded parenting at home. You know, so uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think you're yeah. you're in the right <laughs> path, man. I I think you're doing everything great. You know, you're passionate about it. You're going a hundred percent, hundred miles per hour. Trying, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then on t- I honestly thought that you were full time, like you know, council member type of thing. This is part time. This is your night job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on top got- of on top of his, you know, he's a husband. He's a he's a teacher, a sports coach, as a father. Yeah, and. He decides what's going on in your account. Or oh, actually, he has a voice. I have a voice. Decide. Yeah, yeah. Voice. I'm, I'm one of five. One, one of five, five that makes yeah. decisions yeah. in the city. 
Uh, but I'm sorry, really quick though. I know you said president of Little League, and I know it doesn't matter, but I was only a player agent. Oh, okay, okay, player so agent. Player I want agent. people to go, hey, this guy was not the president. Uh, okay, okay, so, so, okay. So, yeah, play, player agent, player but agent. it's important. But it's still important. Yeah. It's very important. It's very important. Um, you know, and I, I think all of the, all of those roles yeah. are, are very important. Like the things, things can't function without, you know, people deciding to step up and getting involved. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you, you mentioned all, all the things that I do, but, you know, I mean, ultimately, like I think we talked about earlier, you know, part of it is also selfishness, right? Yeah. Because it, it feels good to, to serve people. Right. Yeah. You know, when, when I'm on that football field and I, I see my athletes, you know, have success, like I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It feels good to be a, a part of that. Right. You know, when I see my students, right you know have that light bulb go on or, or you know they they or they'll come back to me you know um you know i had you know i, I was at a funeral at one of my former football players uh just this past week right and it was you know it was a pretty devastating event but i saw these kids that i coached and it was you know they were all from like the class of 2009 yeah but just to see them and have them come up to me and just you know, share, you know, kind of the, the impact we had on their lives, you know, that's, oh my God, like, why wouldn't I want to continue to do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost like a drug, right. Just, mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's, it's positive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I wish you the best, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that you said like, oh, you don't know if you're going to run again or whatever, but I, I, I know you are. I think you have a bigger plan. You know, you're a smart guy. So um, I can't wait to, you know, to see you out there doing your thing again, you know, because uh, we're all going to vote for you. Yeah. Right? And when I say we <laughs> are, I do mean we all. all right? Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, everybody out there on the buzz and all that, you know. But uh, no, dude, I thank you for your time. I know there's so many unanswered questions. I yeah. think I feel like we could go on another two, three more hours. We, we probably could. <laughs> we didn't even talk any high school football. So no, we did next time. But we won't. We'll save you guys that time. But we'll, we'll do this again. I promise you, hopefully, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but thank you again for your time. Uh, really quick, I know you know you, you. I know you said it earlier, but let them know that every or twice a month. Yeah. So uh, first and third Tuesdays of every month, we have our city council meetings at seven o'clock. Uh, and if you want to do public comment, always at the beginning of the meetings. Uh, you know, you usually get uh, five minutes to comment, uh, and it's important. It, it, it really is important. I know you might feel like you're not being heard, um, but someone is listening, you know, and it, it maybe you feel like the council isn't listening, but residents are listening, right? People watch the YouTube afterwards yeah, yeah. and uh, they listen to those public comments and it sparks people. Uh, and, you know, again, you know, I kind of started there with public comment and, you know, I had a, a few people tell me, Oh man, you know, the things you said during public comment, you know, I, yeah, I agree with you and, you know, maybe it motivates you to run. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, uh, take advantage. So first and third Tuesdays of the month, um, you know, and, and your voice is needed. Yeah. And I think it's important to say also is that it's called public comment for a reason. You, you doesn't have to just be what's wrong with my city? It can yeah. just be praising. You can exactly. say, thank you guys for this and that. It doesn't have, you don't have to take the full five minutes, right? Right, right. You can go and in there for about a minute or 30 hey, seconds and, and just say thanks. You, I mean, you can even go on there and say, hey, you know what? Um, you know, my, 
our our little league team is having a pancake breakfast and we want to make sure that the city knows about it right it's 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 also a way to highlight your organization or highlight what's going on in your neighborhood uh highlight you know the good things maybe, maybe you want to just talk about a resident hey you know what there there was this resident who's been doing big things um please check them out uh you know if you're a small business you know come to the council Give a five minute shout out to to what's going on with your business. Um, you know, it's public comment. It's open. Mm-hmm. Trust me. There's some people who talk about things that, you know, it's it's their time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that. Who needs a reality show when you have? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. But no, you guys, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate your oh, time. Thank you. And uh, we're out. We're out. <laughs>